the heart of art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Hector Nino. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today, we have uh, two art announcements before our interviews. And for the first art announcement, it will be from the Friends of Chamber Music, and they are presenting uh, the pianist Rachel Chung. And she is an award-winning pianist, and she will be playing classics of uh, Beethoven and Chopin. And this concert will take place uh, Friday, April 29th at 7 to 9 p.m. at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center, and that is located in the George Bush Presidential Complex in College Station. So, yeah, if you want to check out this pianist, make sure to go to the Friends of Chamber Music website. And the A&M Department of Music Activities will also be hosting the university bands in concert. And that is going to be happening Sunday, May 1st at 530 at Rada Theater. But if um, you're more of a jazz person, they also will have jazz ensembles. And that will be taking place Friday, April 29th at 7 p.m. So if you want to see bands or uh, jazz bands, uh, make sure to go check out these concerts at the MSC box office for tickets. All right. And now for our interview, we will be interviewing uh, Waylon Lee, who is a student here at Texas A&M. Um, and he's actually the president of the acapella group Hardcore Dynamics, which is a competing acapella group here at A&M. They are very lucrative and they have a lot of awards. Um, but not only is Waylon the president of this acapella group, he is also an aerospace engineer. So we will be having an interesting conversation about how the two relate. And yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the studio, we have the president of the acapella group here at Texas A&M called Hardcore Dynamics, and his name is Waylon Lee, and if you'd like to check out their group's Instagram, it is Hardcore Dynamics, altogether Hardcore, H-A-R-D-C-H-O-R-D, Dynamics, D-Y-N-A-M-I-X, if you'd like to go check out their work. Um, so hi, Waylon. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Hector? Doing good. Um, I was actually in an acapella group myself. I was in Apotheosis, the all-male acapella. Oh, I see. Yeah, so um, I know a little bit about wh what you do, but we will uh, jump right into it, I guess. Uh, I'd like to go over the background of my guests first. Um, so where are you from? Uh, I'm from Houston. Houston, uh, okay. grew up, born and lived, and then came up here in College Station, yeah. Cool, cool. And has music always been a part of your life, or when did that start? Yeah, I guess I, uh, I started music around third grade. Uh, I started playing piano, then moved on into middle school and uh, started picking up guitar and then uh, played was playing the flute. And then come high school, I was in choir and uh, just really kept along with that until I got into an acapella group. Awesome. I bet like learning the piano at that age really helps with like your whole music career. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. I wish I would have learned, but 
It's never too late. Not. Never too late. Never. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, and are you in school currently? Yes. Yeah. And what are you studying? I'm a PhD aerospace engineer. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw uh, that you also do full-time work in mission control for NASA. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I work, um, I work over down in the control center in mission control. Um, and I work on the guidance navigation controls team, uh, working on the first Artemis mission to send us back to the moon. So that's uh, awesome. Congratulations on that. That sounds like a big feat. <laughs> oh, it's really fun. I yeah. love it. All right. And, um, I mean, being in acapella and then being in aerospace engineering, I bet like you're a master in time management. I mean, <laughs> was this something that you had to work on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it really started my second semester junior year, I would say my time management, right? So mm-hmm. for engineers, a lot of us, uh, you know, going through undergrad, um, second semester junior year really was the kicker. Um, and so we had, I mean, just so much work to do. And so I, I realized, I was like, I got to make sure I manage every bit of time. So I learned through that year how to manage a lot of my time and then kind of just decided to stick with how I manage my time uh, strictly. And then it you know, it works out really well. Um, and, you know, the schedule works out for acapella and um, doing the PhD, so. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that probably takes a lot from you. <laughs> um, but why did you initially decide to join acapella? Um, so I didn't want to stop music. Um, I did choir and I sang um, and I just didn't want to stop it. So I decided to try out for an acapella group. I sang, I uh, auditioned for Beatboxer as well. And I and I got in, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's awesome! I get to stick around and get to do that for another couple of years." So awesome! So, do y'all have like two separate auditions for that, like for the beatboxer role itself? Um, yeah. So the audition process for me was uh, interesting because um, typically people only try out for one or the other, mm-hmm. and so I, when I tried out for both, I did basically, you know, sang, did like my uh, warm ups, the range, they gave me my range. Um, and then uh, sang a solo. And then after that, I would show them a little bit something of what I can do uh, beatboxing-wise. Okay. And then that was the first round. And then we have a callback round. And then we sing a different solo. Um, and then we also uh, get a sheet of, get some music for us to learn. And so we learn it. And then we practice and try to see how we blend with the rest of the group members and stuff like that. And then after that, you get selected. Awesome. And you didn't have any acapella experience before that, right? before that audition no i mean the closest i guess was singing valentine's in high school choir but nothing right. nothing like that and was that a, like a difficult transition like the difference between choir and acapella um you know i don't think it was uh too difficult mm-hmm. uh it was really it was pretty natural i guess um singing and just I, I just went from singing a tenor tenor part to uh baritone part and that's the only difference really all right cool um, how often does Hardcore Dynamics practice? Uh, so we practice two times a week uh, for two hours each. Um, and then during competition season, we typically add a third rehearsal um, in there. Okay, yeah. And um, what is the purpose of Hardcore Dynamics? Because I know you mentioned competition. Like, is that like your main goal or is it also like entertainment or, yeah, what would you say? Yeah, so uh, Hardcore Dynamics, uh, we're the, uh, like the mixed acapella group that does uh that's uh the the main competing group of um a&m for um i know we have like swarm for uh south uh southwestern 
music, but for us, this is like the more we're the contemporary competition group, and so that is our main goal: is that we compete every single year in ICCA, uh, which is um, basically the competition that Pitch Perfect was based off of. Right. And then we, you know, do that, um, learn a set, dance it, sing it, and then we perform it. Um, we also do side gigs. Uh, we also do gigs here and there, uh, but not. To not as much as let's say Apotheosis or Famadas, right? Okay, you know, through these competitions, you've been quite successful. I mean, what type of places have you traveled to for these competitions? Oh, so, um, we've gotten to travel to UCLA, so Cali, mm-hmm. uh, we've gone to Seattle, uh, uh, we've gone to Phoenix twice, uh, we traveled all around Texas, been able to perform in different universities, uh. TCU, we've performed over there, performed in Dallas, um, and then we've also performed um, in New York on uh, on Broadway, um, our 2019 year. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very well-traveled because of acapella. It's great opportunities. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Pitch Perfect, because I, I was actually going to ask you, like, what you think um, about the way acapella is portrayed to the media uh, compared to, like, what it actually is. Are there any differences? Yeah, uh, I think there are a ton of differences and also a ton of similarities, right? Yeah. Uh, so competition season is always stressful. So, you know, seeing Pitch Perfect and they're all, you know, getting ready for competition or something like that. It's uh, it's pretty similar, I would say. Um, <laughs> you know, drama-wise, you know, that, that, that just changes year and year uh, between group and group. But um, typically we're way less drama than what, like, a movie would be like, true, <laughs> of course. True. Uh, but, you know, the... Uh, it's it's all it's stressful. Um, you're you're balancing the time between school and you're balancing the time between um, music, and one of the things that you don't really see that you don't see that as much inside of Pitch Perfect. Right. Yeah. Right, it's a lot to juggle. Uh, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot different when it comes to juggling, mm-hmm. um, school and like singing in an acapella group. Right. Even the way like I think in the movie they kind of just jump into a song and then everybody knows their parts and I don't think I mean we like. Um, get to the song that quick or like become that good at singing that song that fast. I think that's one of like the big differences. Oh, absolutely. There's no such thing as a riff off. Uh, right. That's never going to happen in real life. No. Nope. Uh, we've definitely been asked like, oh, can you do a riff off or something like that when you say you're not? That's not possible. Yeah, at all. <laughs> okay. Thank you for confirming that for me because <laughs> I wasn't too sure about that one. Um, also, what's up with the puns? Like, I feel like a lot of acapella group have like puns in their names. Is there like a reason for that or where that started? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, there's so many different acapella groups with all these different like punny names, I guess. I, I think everybody just decided to go for it. And I think it's just become the mainstream culture of acapellas. Make your name punny right? mm-hmm. and hardcore dynamics or uh, apotheosis or like, you know, fumatas. That, those, they're all puns. Yeah, uh, yeah that's. That's funny that now it's like the standard for like all the groups. It is. It is. Um, I mean, traveling with like this group of people, I bet y'all get really close. Um, Do you have any like interesting stories or maybe like embarrassing moments that y'all have passed through? Oh, um, I mean, we've certainly had our share of like embarrassing moments in general, uh, Mm -hmm. just like in front of each other. Um, uh, But nothing like too crazy, too big that the whole group is just, uh oh. You know, but, uh, you know, honestly, just such a fun time and just I I can't really imagine any like 
detrimentals, <laughs> like bad, oh, big oof uh, moments. Right. You practiced there. enough to make sure those don't happen, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, does Hardcore Dynamics have any upcoming dates that you'd like our audience to know about? Um, so as of now, for the rest of the semester, we don't have a, a set performance uh, that's going to be um, we're going to switch back up and next year. Uh, probably around January, February time frame, we're going to have the uh, Acapalooza event. And that right. is when we invite all the other acapella groups from, you know, A&M, from different schools um, around Texas and um, invite them all to drive up to College Station. And uh, we have built this uh, essentially big Acapalooza concert. Uh, and I think uh, that's just a great way to, if you are interested in, uh, learning about acapella or, you know, want to hear some stuff from like acapella groups, different groups, more, uh, more gig groups or more um, competition groups, something like that. You'll be able to see that on stage at Acapalooza. So right. um, somewhere around January to February. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Acapalooza is a lot of fun. I've been a part of it too. We even like practice a, a song with all the groups all together. So I do encourage people to check that out. Um, and what if someone wants to like audition? What's um, when's the next audition process going to come? So the next audition process will come early, uh, early in the fall, probably around September, first week of September uh-huh. or so. Uh, second week or second week of classes is usually when we do it. Um, and yeah, we're looking for all voice parts. So keep an eye out. Uh, check, you know, Hardcore Dynamics uh, social media, as well as you know, look around for posted flyers, um, those uh, lawn signs yeah. around the campus, and you'll be able to see when when that exactly is. All right. Um, and what about if like there's an organization that's wanting to request a performance? How would they go about that? Yeah. So they would um, email us at hardcoredynamics at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll you know, uh, put that in inquiry and then we'll um, essentially check everyone's availability and uh, get y'all a performance. All right. Well, I encourage people to do so. Thank you so much, Waylon, for stopping by and teaching us about Hardcore Dynamics. Of course. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and today we have a very special guest. Her name is Colleen Bradfield. She is a painter and currently is the in-house studio artist at the Arts Council. Hello, Colleen. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Hector, how are you? I'm doing good. Excited to have our conversation today. All right. Well, to begin, I'd like to start uh, where you are native to, your hometown. Uh, Do you have one? Well... I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but um, I have lived most of my life in the state of Florida on either the East Coast or the panhandle of Florida. So I kind of consider myself a flexin because I'm Florida and Texas at this point. Right. Okay, so would you say that Florida is what has influenced your art mostly or? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And in what ways would you say that it has? Um, Probably because I've lived so much of my life um, along the coastal areas. Um, I love the blues of the water and the greens, Um, especially Panama City area has the Emerald Coastline where um, the water can be very crystal clear and um, it's it's lovely. So blues and greens tend to end up in a lot of my paintings. Mm. Um, and also the sunshine. Um, Florida is the sunshine state. True. And true. Um, I even have my um, 
my email um, is sunny, <laughs> sunny SCB. For my I noticed initials. that. I was yes. wondering what that was. Yes, I love awesome. the sunshine. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, and so, as a child, I saw that you were into painting, drawing, and sculpting, correct? And then you took that into college? Yes, I did. Um, I basically followed my father to his alma mater, mm-hmm. um, Ohio State University. And um, I left there in my junior year um, for family reasons and um, changed majors, changed schools. Um, back in Florida, I was living in Melbourne, Florida, where Florida Institute of Technology was my option. All right. So I ended up uh, a science major, falling in, in love with chemistry. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. In fact, my career was teaching chemistry to students and um, also research. Awesome, awesome. Um, so about your art, I saw that you were interested in our the medium of. Uh, uh, Sorry, I don't know really how to say this. Encaustics? Is that Encaustics. Encaustics? Oh, uh, I have. Um, when you've been involved in art for so many years, you find yourself diversifying sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoy acrylic paints the most, but I have wandered off into other areas, um, sometimes sculpting with clay, uh, sometimes doing... Uh, acrylic pores or uh, resins and of course the encaustics is basically melted what you think of as a melted wax technique okay, okay. but um, so I, I like to explore mm-hmm. yeah I saw in your paintings you see that uh, you have a focus of layers of colors and shapes absolutely yes yeah. I was wondering whether this had any relation to do with your chemistry background maybe because <laughs> I noticed in the Arts Council website you have this beautiful uh, painting of deep blues and there's so much depth in there I it kind of even resembled a little bit like a chemical reaction even <laughs> so I, I was just wondering whether chemistry had anything to do with your art it it actually does um, everything from some of the designs that I have done to um, some of my methods um, I even use pipettes at times to pipette and um, put different layers on and um, add different types of uh, just interesting everything from texture to uh, varying the appearance. Yeah, that's very innovative. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Um, and now uh, more about like the content of your paintings. I see there's a lot of animals, uh, yes. a lot of zebras and birds. Um yes. Maybe even like safari animals. I've seen elephants and rhinos. So why do you gravitate towards animals? Um, I've always had a love of the African animals. um, And I was fortunate that some of my um, past students um, have spent a good deal of time over in Africa, um, in particular with the Peace Corps. And um, I've been pleasured to have some of them send me wonderful photographs to use uh, for inspiration. along with just appreciating and having concern for um, what I would consider to be species of special concern or threatened or even endangered um, that you see uh, so much of in the animal world right now. Um, I also have a love of watching the shorebirds. And um, I think that that's another Florida influence because, you know, so much time on the beaches, you watch the birds. Definitely. (laughs) So would you say there's like an overarching theme of conservationism within your work? Yes, I think so. Um, A recent exhibit that I was in um, was actually called Art from the Soul. And I think that um, 
that is really a big factor for me as an artist is to be able to not only share the joy of the painting um, and sculpting, but also to be able to have it reflect some of my um, my inner feelings and thoughts. Mm-hmm, right. So would you say you love the process of creating? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I enjoy the process of creating even more than I do the product. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I, I mean, I'm always happy when a painting or a sculpture turns out the way I like it or maybe other people like it, but it's the act and the process of the creation that to me is so fulfilling and so very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I wanted to speak a little bit more about that process of creating and what it does to you personally. Um, what is your, the process that you take with your art? Well, I'm considered a very intuitive artist. Um, a lot of artists will say, well, especially people who are new to art, they're like, oh, I don't know how to get started. That's very seldom an issue for me uh, because of the way that I approach a canvas. Uh, it doesn't matter what I put on at the beginning. I just pick a color that happens to appeal to me, and I start putting on layers of color. And um, as I add those layers of color, sometimes there are images that appear. And if it's an image that I like, it pleases me. Sometimes I leave it there, and sometimes I get so busy just mixing different colors that whatever was there, I don't know where it went. <laughs> <laughs> Completely changes, it, becomes it can, something different. It can. And then, um, but if I find something that I really see, an image that starts to appear, I mean, I, I have paintings that when I look at them, I realize, oh, there's an elephant. Oh. <laughs> and, and then if I see something like that, then I continue. And um, sometimes I'll then go and look for a resource. Mm. And um, looking at that resource, then I end up sometimes having something that is very recognizable. It's not always exactly the way it should be, but it certainly is recognizable. Um, wow. And, and then the other app, aspect, of course, of painting. Um, sometimes it's a commission. Sometimes it's somebody says, I love your zebras. Would you paint me a zebra? Right. You know, and if, and if that case, you know, they want a real zebra, then I'll paint the real zebra. Mm, you're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I've been doing that since the 60s. So, <laughs> I see that you've also won a lot of awards. Would you like to show off some of those to us? Oh, well, I have um, been recognized. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I don't really keep track of things like that, mm -hmm. but I have, I used to be in competitions and I did often get uh, best of a category, first place. Um, but I think for me, you know, the biggest pleasure is having someone look at my work and acknowledge that there's something about it they love or there's something about it that moves them. Um, I have a tendency probably, if you ask some of my friends, they would play tell you, yeah, but she gives them away too often. Oh. <laughs> but I just, um, I've never, I've never dealt with my art. Um, I, I do right now. I, I need to as a business. Mm -hmm. But for me, the art was about enjoyment. It was about um, the creative process and not with the end goal of, oh, I have to make sure this has a certain appearance because otherwise it might not sell, you right. know. Mm -hmm. And I know there are a lot of artists that, that they need to do that. They need to 
they need to be able to paint or sculpt or um, throw a pottery or do whatever they need to do and market it. Mm -hmm. And I've been very blessed and very fortunate that I don't have that concern, that I can, I can actually just involve myself in the creative process. Right. And whatever comes up, you know, it may be stacked against a wall <laughs> with a few other paintings, but, um, but you can always recover those. Yeah. I, I, I never have a problem. If, if, if I don't have a fresh canvas, I can always go to a stack and take an old one. And uh, it's Continue amazing it. what you can do sometimes. You, you, you can look at a painting that you didn't feel satisfied with and approach it and start putting new colors on it. And sometimes, all of a sudden, you end up with one of your favorite paintings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see, like, maybe um, a relationship between the paintings and, like, oneself and kind of, like, the process of creating that art is kind of you growing as a person as well, you know, yes. along with the art. So yes. th th that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I, I can look back to my childhood. Um, you know, I, 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 will, I will share with you that one of my first art experiences was um, with my father, who was a professional painter. Um, he gifted me with this little um, oil paint set. I'm sure much to my mother's distress. <laughs> but, but when he handed it to me, I, all I saw were all these beautiful little containers of color. But his words were, put, put it where you want. Don't pay any attention to those numbers and lines. <laughs> because obviously, I, I understood in later life, it was a little paint-by-number set. <laughs> oh, right. Just put whatever you want, wherever. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, but I'm mm -hmm. sure that that was a factor, you know, in my growing love of just wanting to put color onto something. Right. Not to follow the rules or the guidelines in any right. way. Right. I saw you're also, well, the in-house studio artist with the Arts Council. Would you like to talk a little bit about your involvement with the Arts Council? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I have been on the Arts Council board. Well, typically on the board, you, send, you spend a three-year term, and most spend uh, a two-, three-year term. Mm -hmm. So I did two-, three-year terms for six years and then um, I went ahead and accepted an option to um, be a college station representative uh, to the Arts Council for two years. Oh, so wow. I'm now in my eighth year on the board, uh, which I think reflects my love of the Arts Council and my devotion to their mission of making the arts accessible to everyone in this area and to supporting and promoting the art and the artists. And what I like about the Arts Council um, because I, my husband, um, before he passed away, was a musician, um, a scientist, but a musician. And so um, for us, the Arts Council represented both the performing arts, the visual arts, plus history and culture. And so it became our main focus of um, what we wanted to do to support the arts in our community. And that was to support the Arts Council. And awesome. um, the new facility where they have that huge gallery, classrooms, yes. business offices, uh, conference center. It's just, it's an amazing building. And people, I don't know that people realize that it's open, it's free. You can just walk in anytime and see an exhibit. And you can see three studio artists working. And, um, of course, we have residents. Um, we have artists that we support for residency programs one year round, one for the summer, and one uh, where it's changed out every six months. So, Oh, wow. So uh, there's always something to see. Oh, at the Arts Council, there yeah. is always something to see and do. 
Awesome. Children's classes, everything. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we have a similar goal here. I'm, I'm trying to get these uh, Brazos Valley artists, give them exposure, yes. um, give them opportunities even. So if you're out there, make sure to go check out the Arts Council. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much, Colleen, for helping me out. I have learned a lot. And thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're very welcome. And I would encourage any artists that are interested in the Arts Council to come and become a member because it'll give them a chance to exhibit as well. All right. You heard it here. All right, you guys, we are nearing the end of our show. I want to give a big thank you to Waylon Lee for coming in and speaking to me about uh, acapella and hardcore dynamics. Uh, also, a big thank you to Colin Bradfield, who was that second interview that you heard. Um, thank you so much for working with me on this project and thank you for those listening make sure to tune in next week